No, I don't like Trask. You don't like Trask? Why don't you like Trask? I don't. I don't think he'll trans. Well, first of all, he's a Florida Gator, and uh, number. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's. Rise up. Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ballin' show. And we are back again with another episode. We got Mr. Todd Brooks on the line. Todd, how are you doing, man? Doing good, Stan. Just uh, kicking it back and watching a bowl game. You know what? That's a really just relaxing time in like sports. You know, people argue, you know, the best time in sports is March Madness. Sometimes, you know, it's the playoffs like, you know, uh, NFL playoffs. But, you know, around New Year's because you're off work typically anyway, and it's just relaxing and, uh, you know, sitting back and watching the Outback Texas tax orange bowl is uh it's always fun just to see who's gonna play today so i don't know it's 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 a fun season to be in for sure oh yeah um so the falcons played the we're raining i love it when people get real dramatic whenever they talk on like on the radio and stuff like the reigning world champs like uh world champ i feel like I don't know. I don't. I don't know how I feel about the title of world champ, but anyway, yeah, the reigning uh, Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs. The Falcons played on the road up there in Arrowhead, and um, the Falcons' bottom line got beat. Uh, the score was seventeen to fourteen. Seventeen to fourteen. Seventeen, 17 to, to fourteen. Seventeen to fourteen. And if I'd have just told you that, you'd have been like, you know. Yeah, we. I was a little closer, but we we saw it coming. But the way it happened was the most Falcons way possible. Um, they 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 uh, we're all unpacked this game a little bit, but they uh, they showed us some good stuff in this game, Todd. Yeah, they did actually. I, I think this was the Falcons' best game of the season. It's, I honestly do. I think their style of play. I think they did what they needed to do to win. Like they weren't too dramatic with the pass. They tried to run the ball more than they really have. I think this was the first game all year. I might be wrong that they actually won the time of possession, and they oh. won it by a lot too. Oh, so, yeah. I didn't even notice that on on doing like digging through stats, but yeah, that they they um looked like they were they looked like they were committed to the run. Um, Edo Smith was obviously your lead guy. Um, and I think Todd Gurley, I wrote that in my notes that, that Todd Gurley actually, you know, looks like, I mean, he, when they use him as a third down back, he's actually pretty good in that role. Like he falls yeah. forward, you know, like he's got vision. He doesn't have knees, but, and, but he always seems to fall forward, get positive yards. So like as a third down role guy, I think he's, you know, a good in that role. So um, they rushing nothing to write home about, but they stuck to it and they had a lot of attempts. Um, I think, uh, I don't know the total attempts, but Ito Smith had 10 rushes for 46 yards. Brian Hill had Brian Hill had a couple key first downs. Um, mm-hmm. He had seven rushes for 36 yards. Your boy, Ty Gurley, 
four rushes for 16 yards. And Matt Ryan had a rush for negative one yards. So that they call that a sack, don't they? <laughs> Look, I don't know how you rush for. Yeah. yeah, it's a sack when you when you run for negative one yard. Yes. Yeah. It's a sack. And, yeah, and the uh, Calvin really had a run a rush a rushing attempt for negative seven yards. Um, so that was one of the like like you said, a positive is the running running game. Edith Smith looked sharp early and and Todd definitely does good in a third down roll. Uh, another positive thing, you're talking about the attitude, like just having a game plan, pressure, man. The, the pressure was there. Pat Patrick Mahomes was not comfortable in the first half. And it, it showed he was, I mean, he was awful in the first half. He was thrown behind receivers. He was thrown ahead of receivers. I mean, it just, um, he was just, there's no timing there. You know, the, the guys in the booth were trying to say, you know, they're just timed up. Falcons are playing tough, man. They were, in, uh, they just were, they were in, I don't want to say in Patrick Mahomes head, but they they were they were around him enough to get him out of the pocket soon and start that second play when you're uh playing a rush and running quarterback or a, a mobile quarterback so um that and oh, the, and the blitzing work and so uh the Teloti Mariner and the you know the, the guys you don't really know a whole lot about i mean they seem to be a some of their parts defense that's coming I want to say we're coming around, but they're playing better. So that was very, very good. Uh, another thing that I have noticed, especially with Foyer Lewican playing a lot more of a of an integral role of a, kind of a, maybe like a, you know, a, a big, big piece is he is always around the ball. Like he, mm-hmm. he they've created more turnovers since Dan Quinn has been gone and I know Dan Quinn has been gone for a while, but like they've actually have, are creating turnovers. So that was, it's surprising. It's like Foyer had a pick um, and a real nice return and that's okay. Yeah. Except for he fumbled the ball that went out of bounds, but he, he just let it loose, man. Yeah. So uh, Tyreek Hill known as the cheetah saw the play and was like, huh? interception i've walked to the sideline and then he looked back and foyer still running he was like mm, let me teleport and go chase him down and he did he chased him down to punch the ball out but that brings me to a negative point not the fumble things happen obviously hold on to the ball get out of bounds don't do too much just keep keep possession but i jump over here to the negative dirk freaking cutter what are you doing dude all right, Foyer got a pick, huge return, followed by two sacks by Matt Ryan and a third and 22 throw to the tight end for eight yards. Matt Ryan takes two consecutive sacks after a huge game-turning momentum play, and and then you throw to the tight end on a like a crossing under drag route, whatever, and you get eight total yards on a third and 22. Is this from what you saw in that game was this was all of the, Matt Ryan's shortcomings in sacks and were those his fault or were those the receivers fault do you think I, not all are the same and I understand like blanket statement but like most of them like what what did you see um, I mean, I would say it was a combination thereof I know that sounds like a cop out answer but I would say it's a combination thereof um and as usual it, it's got something to do with the play calling it's got something to do with the receiver it's got something to do with julio jones not being um 
not starting the game, not being able to play. And then uh, I think it's just got something to do with Matt Ryan, too. I just think he's got things in his head. I think so, man. I think, uh, you know, they ran a stat that Matt Ryan doesn't have any game-winning drives this season. No, and they pointed that out on the Fox broadcast several times. I mean, I guess they have the same crew whenever the game's on Fox, following the Falcons around every game because it's always Daryl Johnston and that other guy the who's other calling guys. the game. Uh, yeah, I can't remember his name either. He's got yeah. a really weird voice. Um, uh, but, yeah, the Matty Ice tag hasn't been able to to, to come out. Uh, you know, the, the mantra of Matty Ice is his last couple of years is not – you know, has not lived up yeah. to his, his nickname. So yeah, he's was, been on ice. So he hasn't, he hasn't been ice and games. He's been on ice himself. Right. Well, he's been skating back there, man. Skating for his yeah. life. I mean, he's been banged around, man. He got sacked 48 times last year and I don't know what his numbers are this year, but they're probably not much better, you know? Um, And then another, another, po- the last positive one I had first was pressure. Second was running game. Third was opportunistic defense. The corners uh, came up and made some plays. If AJ makes the AJ Terrell makes that pick at the end, they win the game. Yeah, they win, they win the Falcons game. win the game. Falcons win the yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, and it was a good, it was a good catch. He just didn't land with his feet. He landed with his body, and it created uh, it made the ball just pop back up in the air. So yeah, yeah. And, and things happen, and I know that really, like, I was like, oh, boy, Todd's going to jump on me for that. But being a position, it's it's a good – it's all signs of, you know, him being legit, you know. Um, and then the last thing I had was Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is, you know, making a, a case that if the Falcons were to move Julio, that he has the goods to be a wide receiver one. But I have a question for you, though, with that. Mm-hmm. Has has Calvin really show, shown you enough to be a wide receiver? What do you trust him? So if the Julio gets tra- – let's just play. If Julio gets traded to somewhere and they get a pick, they don't pick up another wide receiver, and you've got Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, and then insert name here, do you trust that receiving core? Uh, depends. It really depends on who the insert name here would be. I would trust Calvin Ridley, though, because – even in the games this year where Julio Jones hasn't played, Calvin Ridley's held his own. He's even been a dominant receiver in most of those situations. So I, I would trust Calvin Ridley, but maybe the jury's out on anybody else. Russell Gage, you can trust somewhat, but I don't like the unknown. I, I think the Falcons will probably draft a receiver at some point too. Um, yeah, we'll get to the draft a little bit later too, because there's a mm-hmm. lot of there's a lot of stuff. Some draft news. There's some draft news and some there's some there's some stuff swirling around the mill, uh, rumor mill. But I saw in the game on that big reception, if he just runs on a straight line, doesn't he score in that with that? Like with that, he had a it was a long like I guess corner route like a post route, and he catches the ball. And he's beyond the defenders already. And if he's trying to zig and zag and eventually gets caught. Um, but if he runs straight, I don't think, I think he scores. I don't know if he trusts his straight line speed or what, but you know, I've noticed that too. Uh, he plays a lot like a slot guy, really sharp corners, which is good route running. He's an incredible route runner, but like on a, so like sometimes like a third and eight, he run the drag route. And to try to get more yards, he'll go backwards, then go forwards. I just – that's a little nitpicky, but I would like to have seen him take that to the house. I feel like a wide receiver one, he gets behind the defense to take it to the house. 
So uh, I'm not knocking Calvin Ridley. You're going. I'm all of a sudden going to be labeled a Calvin Ridley hater, but I've, I've, I think he checks off a lot of boxes. I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about one play, though. I mean, I just think you have to look at the whole body and what he's done without the other dominant wide receiver in the game, which has been most of the season. Um, I mean, he he's on these games. I think I think I think Julio's only played four games. I think somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, and I th- I mean, you can't. I, there's no point in him playing the next game, right? You know, Julio's going to try to play, but there's no point of of Julio playing. No, no point at all. No point at all. Even so, like I've talked to. A guy, uh, I don't remember where I was, probably the gas station, um, that talking about Julio Jones and that if he, if he plays and gets hurt, you know, there's no chance. Obviously, there's no chance of him moving out of town, like him getting moved. So, um, so those are the good, my good points. And the bad points were, uh, things that need to be improved on, but the things I saw that were like bad, it was obviously dirt cutter. I just kind of alluded to that dirt cutter in certain instances there. This might've been dirt cutters best game uh, called. Uh, I, I would agree with that just right. because the style was a lot different. We actually made a prudent attempt to run the football, which is what I've been saying all year, because that's what this team needs. They did in order for them to win, they need to be able to run the ball and had they, done that the rest of the season and actually use that style of play they would have won some games like they would have won a lot more than four right they might have even been in playoff contention now they may not have won once they got to the playoffs but they definitely would have been in the thick of things i totally agree uh and uh keeping trying to just keep that kansas city i think they just got i don't know if kansas city played down to the falcons or the falcons were really prepared they were really but the falcons are playing tight they're playing good defense and um and the falcons are playing good offense and um ito smith and with brian hill kind of tandem um i think there was some, some some spark there and some energy there for sure um second uh second um Second bad point for the game that I saw that was just not very good was offensive line, man. Dude, this offensive line, obviously Matt Ryan got bludgeoned by the Saints for like eight sacks in a game. In that offensive line performance was super porous, but this offensive line performance was just frustrating to me. Um, there was a lot of there was two starters out. Obviously, Alex Mack was out, and I and I sang Hennessy's number. All pre post preseason, I really thought he was going to be somebody you know reliable, but he had a bad day in the office. And I don't know if that's fair to say, you know, let's draft another backup center or what, because Alex Mack is not going to be a Falcon much longer. Uh, and I don't know if that yeah. one game is fair to him, but Matt Hennessy didn't show me anything that game. He got he got his tail yesterday he had one sack infraction and two holding penalties i mean three penalties for like close to 30 yards so um just not a very good day and it was porous matt ryan was hit all all over the place um carpenter was out gonna played so uh, you could tell there was injuries on that offensive line yeah, you could tell. And, and and going back to the Kansas City thing, too, I mean, the narrative is that they were really bored, which I tend to agree with. I, but even when they've been bored, they still put up video game-like numbers just about every game. 
Uh, they've been a little bit closer recently, but I think they're going to turn it on once it comes to the playoffs. But, I mean, the fact that the Falcons were able to stop that offense some, like that shows you what the Falcons could have been capable of had they played the right offense and style. Right. And this shows you that, to me, the talent is is this is a talented team. This is probably one of the most talented four and 11 teams in the NFL. So, um and then the last point I had about the not so not so good side of the Falcons is there's no other way to put it. It's just unclutch. Like there's just when it comes down where the rubber meets the road and you got to make put your big boy pants on and make it happen. Falcons just have not been making plays and it's, you know, we go back to, we've talked about it before, just being snake bit, just being in there. Like you said earlier in the show, you said, you know, there's something he's seeing ghosts out there, Matt Ryan. Um, And then I want you, you might not be able to tell me, but do you understand why Raheem Morris challenged that interception? So AJ, let me paint the picture for everybody listening. AJ Terrell, it's the waning second, not the waning seconds, but the 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 uh, KC is at in the red zone with less than, uh, I guess, a, a less than two minutes to play, and AJ Terrell, uh, they were on the twenty five yard line. AJ Terrell goes up and essentially picks the ball off, comes down on his back, and the ball pops out, incompletion, and. Raheem Morris decides to throw a challenge flag with three timeouts in his pocket, uh, waiting for the ball back if they score in this drive in which they put scored on the next play. Uh, but he challenged that. Why? Do you know why he challenged that? I don't know why he challenged it, but, but I will say this. I mean, it was a heat of the moment. It was late in the game. You were hoping that that was an interception that could have saved the game. Um, he may have been getting bad information from the booth and I'm not at the stadium. So I don't even know if the replay was up on the board or not. So he may have just figured, Hey, let's go ahead and throw a challenge flag. Might as well as it said the end of the game. I mean, I can, I can kind of see why he would do it, but then once you watch the replay, it's obvious that it's not an interception because the feet were never down. That's a, that's a really good point that the Fox broadcast brought up. It's like, he might be getting fed bad information or like you said, the replay wasn't available at the time, but uh, yeah, that's, that looked atrocious sitting on my couch at home. But uh, obviously we have, you know, we, we get replays every, every five seconds on what's happening. So, but yeah, that was, that was a head scratcher. And then um, dropped interceptions, obviously. And uh, just going back to that Foyer pick, just really stuck in my crawl. Foyer had an incredible play um, on the goal line, returned it for uh, I don't even know how how many yards of return it was, but it was it was they put him in good field position and they had nothing to show for it. So those are my what the world happened on Sunday. So now let's move on to the draft. There's some news and some updates and some things we can talk about and you can start and I can chime in if you wanted to start us off. Yeah, sure. Well, obviously the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars clinched the number one pick in the draft. So it was like Trevor Lawrence is Jacksonville bound more than likely. Um, And then on the other side, Justin Fields is probably shrieking because he may be going to New York. (laughs) So there's your start. Yeah. Okay, so um, uh, with with Justin Fields coming up, 
yet to play in this uh uh, was it was it what they call it the uh, semifinals games coming up yes uh yeah college football playoff semifinal thank you i get a little tongue-tied there so some people some experts quote-unquote experts have zach wilson going to going to the uh the jets and not only that i was just reading articles uh, before we got on the airwaves that some people even um, some people even have the Jets holding with not taking a quarterback at all staying with Sam Darnold because he's playing better of late and taking the the highly rated generational air quotes offensive tackle out of Oregon Sewell and then Justin Fields drops all it's in the same mock draft. Justin Fields drops all the way to 10 to the Broncos. I've seen that on three different mock drafts that uh, Justin Fields makes it past the Falcons and the Panthers and goes all the way down to number 10 to the Broncos. So where are the Falcons at now? Are they fourth? Yes, they're fourth. And so okay. right now, right now it's one Jaguars, two jets, three techs or dolphins. Four, uh, that's by, via trade, and then four would be Falcons, and five is Carolina. So those are top five right okay. there. Yeah, I mean, well, okay. So let's talk about Justin Fields for a little bit because yeah, you know, his performances this year really are, are still not. They're not really aligned to last year's performances. They struggled a little bit too. So I think teams have looked at that a little bit. Then you have, um, then you have the guy from BYU, Zach, and, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, and and he's been dominant, but you have to question the competition that they play because probably the best team they play was Coastal Carolina. I mean, they really haven't played anybody. Um, and, and I'm I'm big about looking at the matchups and and the strength of schedule to see who the quarterback has actually played. But then you know, on the other hand, Carolina, um, you know, BYU has actually produced really good quarterbacks in the NFL before. I believe there was a guy named Steve Young who played there. He's all right. Yeah, he's all right, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we'd kill to have another old uh, lefty on our squad, a mobile lefty. Um, yeah, the strength of schedule thing is is interesting versus the not very big sample size. I was talking to a guy at work the other day, and it was like Justin Fields has been handed the keys to the kingdom everywhere he's went. I mean, he went to went to Georgia. You're going to be our guy. That was kind of a weird situation. No, he wasn't handed the keys to the kingdom there, or else he wouldn't have transferred. Very, very true. That was, but he was at Ohio State. Now he proved it last year. But you know, the argument is, it's like, like even this year, you know, in a small sample size, he's looked. I don't want to say mortal, but he's looked like he's been lost before. I mean. Yeah, uh, well, he, he did especially against Northwestern in that Big Ten championship game. But yeah, I, I think it's just a weird year. I mean, I think you have to give him a pass for that. It's just been a strange year for everybody. Yeah, for sure. And I'm not, you know, just I'm not a Justin Fields hater. I <laughs> listen. You don't even have to st- if he's available. You don't even have to start the clock. I just hand the envelope. I'd already have his name wrote on an index card. You just go ahead and hand a guy to him. I would draft him if if the Falcons sitting at four. Uh, the highest that could go is three, I think. There would have to be some kind of situation to happen. But this three is possible. Um, but four is more likely staying pat. Um, at four, if Justin Fields is there, you you taking him? Yes. I'm taking yeah. Justin Fields and shopping Matt Ryan. 
yeah, new shopping, Matt Ryan. Okay, so I did a, uh, did a, I don't ever do this. I've never done this in like all my years of playing or watching NFL. I actually did a mock draft, like, like you know, simulated mock draft. And uh, I got in the first round, I went Justin Fields. The second round, I went Chuba Hubbard. And yeah, and then and the see, then it gets weird after that. Okay, so I went, um, I went Justin Fields, Chuba Hubbard, and then it got weird after that because I didn't know anybody. So I, in the third round, I went Quincy Roach, Roach from Miami, edge rusher, and then you know I picked up this is this is one of note. So it's in the one, two, three, four, fifth round. I picked up Monty Rice out of. Uh, Georgia linebacker from Georgia. And then in the, in the sixth round, I went Cade Mays from Tennessee. So beef, but that was just uh, interesting. I'm doing a mock yeah. draft. It was fun, but um, oh, you know what? I, Cade Mays is not an honorable guy. I wouldn't, I don't want to go for him. You would honorable. No, you know, you know, cause he was at Georgia, right? He was I at know. Georgia and his dad made up some sort of excuse that, he had had like his uh, finger was like pinched off by a bench and it broke like he lost the whole finger or whatever. And so he used that as an excuse to get K Mays to transfer over to Tennessee. The guy's a loser. Loser. <laughs> well, it was his dad. So I mean, I don't know. I just I don't ca- I don't care. They were in it together. They were in cahoots. <laughs> they were in cahoots. It was yeah. Um, so back to the draft. If 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 both of Justin Fields and Zach Wilson are off the board. You on Zach Wilson? Do you like Zach Wilson enough to do that? I like Zach Wilson when I'm sitting in play this year. I haven't watched BYU too much, but I still think that's a very risky decision based on the competition that, that he's played this year. I think I go to two best defensive player available at that point. So it'd be my guess would be Michael Parsons with the the create the linebacker from Penn State. But yeah, the best defensive player. Um and then, oh, okay. I did another one, but I took a picture of it. What if you did? Uh, what if you did Trask in the second round? No, I don't like Trask. You don't like Trask? Why don't you like Trask? I don't. I don't think he'll trans. Well, first of all, he's a Florida Gator, and uh, number. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's not really. That's, why. Yeah, no, I, I like. I, I like Trask as a college quarterback, but I don't think that Trask's abilities will actually translate to the pros. I just don't feel like to me, he just, I might be totally wrong, but to me, he does not look like he's going to translate to an NFL quarterback on the next level. But then again, I mean, I've said this before too, that um, I, yeah, I feel like some of Dan Mullen's previous, uh, previous quarterbacks didn't like they were going to translate either. And they've worked out, you know? So yeah. I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong, but I, right now I don't feel like Trask could really translate to the next level. I almost feel the same way about Mac Jones too. I don't really know if he's going to translate to the next level either. I, I agree with both of what you said. I I'm just curious. I was going to take your temperature. Maybe you could turn him into something. What if you got, you know, Eric B in there and then you drafted Trask to where you could, you know, he's young and they can grow and, you know, develop or maybe even Joe Brady in there. Like, you know, a good a good offensive coordinator or offensive minded coach. There is a name mm-hmm. that came up this week that um elicited oh, I know where you're I know where you're going with this. Elicited uh, a, a strong response from the Falcons community and uh it was 
an even more egregious name than Marvin Lewis that you brought to us the other week or last week. Mm-hmm. It was Urban Meyer as Atlanta Falcons head coach. And yeah, actually, I wanted to address this with you as well, we, but go ahead and finish, and then we'll talk about it. No. Answers, no. Urban Meyer, I, I would not. No, listen, I, no. I Especially, dude, the amount of – you're talking about Cade Mays being, being a sleazeball and being, you know, in cahoots with his dad. Urban Meyer uh, plays with – I mean – I mean, he's leaving messes everywhere he goes. No, I just, I don't, I'm not, I'm not with it, man. Well, he left messes everywhere he went in college. He can't like do, well, he could do weird stuff like, you know, just claim he's got some sort of health issue. And know, he's got to bounce. And leave. He's going to be mean, Bobby Petrino 2.0. I mean, that's the thing. And, and I don't feel like his system would fit the Falcons very well as their roster is currently constructed either. Because in his offense, you really need a fast quarterback that can, that's very mobile and can pass the ball too. And that's not Matt Ryan. I mean, Matt Ryan can run a little bit, but not enough to really fit into Urban Meyer's offense. And I was wondering because you know ESPN reported that two teams actually contacted Urban Meyer. And I was kind of just thinking, which two teams contacted Urban Meyer? And the first thing I thought, not the Falcons. I don't think it was the Falcons that did it. I think Houston probably did it because they have a quarterback that fits yeah. Urban Meyer's offense. Yeah. And then I could see maybe Jacksonville doing it, uh, having Trevor, you know, having a chance to have Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is mobile enough, I think, where he could fit into Urban Meyer's offense as well. But uh, I don't know if the Falcons were really in. I don't think they're looking at Urban Meyer. I hope they're not looking at Urban Meyer. I hope not either. I hope they he gets much as just as much shot as Marvin Lewis. None. So, um, so is um, do you, is there going to be any drama with uh Trevor Lawrence coming out, or you think he he's just straight up he's coming out? No, if if he was going to the Jets, I would have given it fifty fifty that he was coming back to school. But now he's going to Jacksonville. Um, he's going. I don't think he's coming back to school. Not a chance. And there's even some rumors in Jacksonville now too about you know they're probably going to move on from Doug Maroney and uh, maybe having uh, his college head coach reunite with him in the NFL. That might be a for sure bet to get Trevor Lawrence to definitely go out and have Dabo Sweeney come down to Jacksonville. I mean, maybe he would do it for that. I think Dabo Sweeney to me says college coach. But who knows, dude? That would be a major. You're talking about a. That's a major, major shift. Dabo Sweeney is such a staple now. He's built such a juggernaut. I mean, and I don't know how long he's been doing it. I haven't been like really paying attention to Clemson, but I mean, he's established himself in recruiting and all that stuff, and he's built a powerhouse up there. And I don't, I don't see him walking away, especially uh, maybe if what's what's the office defensive coordinator's name. Uh, uh, for Clemson, yeah. Uh, uh you're talking about uh, no, what's his last Dear name? Lord. He, he, he was actually a candidate for a job too, and he turned it down. He was a candidate for the Auburn job, right? If if I'm what I'm saying is if if the defensive coordinator walks away for the loot, that I could see you know Dabo maybe walking away, and you know, for yeah, I mean, they would, um. That would turn college football upside down, though. I mean, I think right. you would still have – like if Alabama won a national championship this year, I think you could potentially see Nick Saban walk away, not to go to the NFL, but go to the TV probably. Um, I don't 
know how likely that is, but I could see that happening. And Steve Sarkeesian maybe take over at Alabama. I mean, he did he interview for the Auburn job too, or now he chose not to interview. Well, he did interview, I think, and then he decided he didn't want the job. And um, I could see maybe he knows Saban's going to leave and he right. may just become the head coach at Alabama. Right. But uh, to answer your question about Dabo Sweeney, okay, so um, his career began in 2008. He was an assistant to Tommy Bowden. Clemson was projected to win the ACC that year, but they got blown out by Alabama in the very first game of the year. It was, I think, the very first Chick-fil-A uh, classic game mm-hmm. in the Georgia Dome. They just got destroyed. I think they started off the season one and three or one and four, and they fired him, promoted Dabo Sweeney as an interim coach. Yeah, and Dabo was a, you know, he slowly built the program. He, I was surprised when he got the permanent job. And, he, you know, it was kind of like a slow climb for the first four or five years. And it took a while for him to break through. I remember in 2011, he was uh, the head coach at Clemson, and they played West Virginia in a bowl game. And I thought they lost the game like 71 to 31 or so. They lost by 40 points. And Kevin Steele was a defensive coordinator, and he fired Kevin Steele. And then it seemed like Clemson finally started turning the corner around 2013, the year that Florida State won their national championship. And then by 14, they opened up at, at Georgia, but then won 10 of their next 11 games. And then in 2015, they finally made the national championship game and lost to Alabama. And then the rest is history. They've won two national titles since then. Right. And then and they, they've, they've since have shedded their mantra of Clemsoning. You remember that was a big, you know, social media thing that was like Clemsoning too. But yeah, that's, he's built a powerhouse and he would just walk away from all that. I don't know, man. I just, I think he's, I mean, he's the king of the kingdom up there up in was, he's the king up there, man. He, yeah, you're, you're right. But then again, he may have that itch that he wants to scratch, too. I mean, you think about it. He's been at Clemson for, what, 12 years now, 12 seasons, 13 seasons. And so it might be a good time. He's already won two national championships. He's going to have to rebuild a little bit next year. Trevor Lawrence is leaving. He could actually go and join his quarterback down in Jacksonville if, if that the rumors are true. Um, so, I mean, why not? You could give it a try, and then you could always come back and get some other college job. I mean – Clemson, South Carolina, I mean, nothing speaks, um, you know, college football powerhouse down there. I'm just looking at the town. I mean, it looks like Winterville, Georgia with like <laughs> with a few bars and some shops around. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a good college town, but it's not like Athens. You know, it's got it's it's a much smaller town. It's it's basically like a cow town. You know, there's a whole yeah. bunch of farming and stuff there. And and there's like uh, two bars and maybe a couple of shops and there's a subway and a mellow mushroom. <laughs> and, you know, that's, that's what you get. Oh man. All right. So um yeah, man. This this draft thing is really got people flummoxed o- online on whether or not Zach Wilson is gonna be a you know could translate and or gonna be dude. I've read a lot of stuff that Zach Wilson's going to the Jets and uh I would I would take Justin Fields in a New York minute. And I would probably still, I've changed my mind. I've watched a lot of YouTube um, in, in the last week that I would, I changed my mind. I wouldn't, I, I would go, I would go first round pick. I would go quarterback no matter. I mean, I would, I'm putting Zach Wilson in the top, in the three. It's, it goes, it goes, I can't think of it. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Zach Wilson. So if one of those three are available, you're, I'd, I'd snatch him up. I like Zach Wilson. I, I like his game. He's mobile. He's got a good. He's got a great arm. He's very athletic. So I, mm-hmm. I, I like. A, I think I think it'll be a good fit. And you could sit him for the next couple of years and then um, go from there. So uh, anything else you want to add to 
tonight. I know we're going to do the score. We're going to do the score prediction in the next episode. So everybody uh, for the Tampa Bay game coming up, um, you got anything else we want to add tonight? Uh, nothing really. Well, I just want to tell Chris Bailey that we really do miss you tonight. Yes. So we are, um, we know that you're really missing out because you got destroyed in fantasy football this past weekend. You took a whooping in a championship game, not by me, but by somebody else, but it would have been me had I, uh, actually got the last playoff spot because I would have won both games. I would have I would have been champions, but oh well, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, you're not salty, are you? <laughs> I mean, look, dude, I, I always seem like I finished fourth or fifth every, or I finished fifth every year. I'm always outside that. I won the fifth place game. Yeah, but um, I'm always outside that top four. But I only missed it by five points, man. And and the thing is, is that the other guy he had to score like. 35 right. points from the last player in order to do it. He did it. And I was like, oh, man, you got to be kidding me. Three years ago, I, we were playing. I had I had Drew Brees and Todd Gurley three years ago. And I, I beat Chris Bailey by one – by 0.7 points to go to the – go to the championship game. I beat him by 0.7 points. Well, they reviewed the game. And in the morning when I, w- I went to bed at night, I text everybody. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a fun game next week. I w- we're going to be, have the championship. Da, 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 da. I get up the next morning. They amended the stats. They took away a, a rushing attempt and said it was a forward pass. And it was one less yard. And I lost one point. And, and Chris Bailey jumped me beat me technically and went to the championship game and got the doors blown off of him and i'd have beat man i'd have beat both of them put together that's how good my team was that really sick so that's, yeah it's weird with chris because chris is always in that championship game it seems like he's in it every single year yeah really? yeah but he has yeah like all of us are about the same team wise though right. and then he he just gets in there. He had the lowest points point total I think of anybody. He was in the top six. I was but like he he I won. Was, I was top two two or three. I was like top three in points scored, and was you know fighting for a playoff spot. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, yeah, that's all I have for tonight. Uh, the Falcons played tough. I, it was a good game. It was very entertaining. Um, Young Lake who missed it at the end. I, I don't blame him at all. Shouldn't have been put in that position. Looked like it was tipped. No one had talked about it. Um, and uh, Matt Ryan is holding the ball too long. I think he's not comfortable in this offense. So those are my final thoughts on that game. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, next year, obviously, we're going to be making some coaching changes. The new offensive coordinator, I don't know how comfortable he's going to be with a new offensive coordinator in year one. Either if he's still with Atlanta, it might take a little while. Like year two is usually where you would right. see the biggest jump. Year one is always weird because he's done this a while. It just takes mm. him a year to get comfortable. He's throwing to places where he it's like, what are you like? What's going on? But yeah, I, you know, you can't blame him. I have no clue what it takes to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. There's a lot of brains that goes into it, I'm sure, and a lot of repetitions. But the first year is always a little rough. And the second year is usually when you get it cooking. So, um, yeah. That's it. That's it for us tonight. If you like what you heard tonight, go ahead and like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on uh, Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts these days. And until next time, Falcons fans rise up.